I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. When we got here, it was not a national monument. And this afternoon, it's now Bears Ears National Monument. This week on KSL Plus. Proclamation to fully restore the boundaries of Bears Ears. A reversal Second, in a years-long land dispute in southern Utah. Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument. President Joe Biden expanding Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante National Monuments. <laughs> Drawing praise from tribal leaders and conservationists. Brought tear to my eyes to know that somebody in the Hall of Congress and the President of the United States decided to restore this. And criticism from some residents and state leaders and delegates. It's not good for the people that live in that area. It's not good for people that want to recreate in that area. And it's, it's, it's not good for the land in particular. But why the back and forth over the years? And what does this latest decision mean for the land and people moving forward? I'm Matt Rascone, and this is KSL Plus. In 1996, President Bill Clinton designated Grand Staircase Escalante a national monument, in other words, offering the land protection. In 2016, President Barack Obama did the same to Bears Ears. But just one year later, in 2017, President Donald Trump downsized the two monuments, carving out about 85 percent of Bears Ears and cutting Grand Staircase in half. These are the crown jewels of the lands managed by the Interior Department in the United States. The response was immediate. Opposition and lawsuits followed, coupled with applause from many in Utah. Not unlike the scene we see playing out today. We think it is an abuse of the Antiquities Act if it were to return to those previous boundaries. This is a debate with a lot of stakeholders, a lot of different reasons why people do or do not support it, and a lot of ideas about an alternative. So let's take a look at the issues. First, it's become a political issue. In the eyes of many leaders in Utah's state and federal government, this is an act of federal overreach. Here's Utah House Speaker Brad Wilson. For a variety of reasons, a legislative solution would be better. I mean, we would be able to get everyone to agree to what makes sense for the area with local input. Uh, but, but more importantly, or as important, we would also be able to establish the 
funding required to manage the lands. We would be able to come to agreements on who is going to take which areas of responsibility. We would have clarity for the long term and we would know what the plan is going to be for, for the long term. But right now, uh, we're going to just see this go back and forth uh, as administrations change, most likely. And it's not uh, it, it's not going to be good for anyone. Thirteen Native American tribes can trace their lineage to this area while many white residents in the area can claim their ancestors settled on the land. Either way, many believe this is a decision that should be made by the people with actual ties to the land, and not politicians across the country. Others are concerned the designation was made through executive order, not legislative action. Well, it's probably a better question for our federal delegation. Um, We have been in conversations with them. I think they're anxious um, and would like to try to find a solution that Congress can work through. But you do have to have a willing partner in the White House uh, as well. And so we've got some uh, some, some work to do there. But for three years, state and federal leaders went back and forth on Representative Rob Bishop's bill called the Public Lands Initiative and designating basically the same area to be federally protected. It couldn't get passed through Congress, and activists asked President Obama to sign the executive order as a last-ditch effort to save the land. One concern with executive orders is that it will get reversed with every new administration, whereas legislative decision is more set in stone. Here's what the Utah Solicitor General had to say about it. For the last 10 months, the state has been asking the president to work with with the state to come up with a, a legislative solution. So this this has now been five presidents, 30 decades. It would be great to do that. And, and particularly because with a legislative solution comes funding. And right now, President Biden is inviting the world to come to these, but they don't have the infrastructure and the law enforcement to to enforce the already many protections. Uh, there are half a dozen federal statutes that protect these lands already and these areas already to enforce those. But Stephen Block of the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance says there is history to support this designation. National monuments were always intended to be permanent, uh, durable protections for the land. I think the right way to view what the Trump administration did, what the president did, uh, is as an aberration. Um, and um, I think history will come down on the side of preserving and protecting these lands. It has time and time again in Utah. You don't hear uh, Utah politicians saying that places like Zion National Park or Capitol Reef or Arches shouldn't have been national monuments first. Right? We're all incredibly grateful for the protections Uh, And it's really the same here. Conserving and protecting these lands is um, the right choice for history. You know, we're not going to look back and say that a decision to preserve these places was a mistake. Um, Time and time again in Utah and around the West, we've seen that when presidents act, use their authority under the Antiquities Act, that that was the right decision. We hear a lot, I think, from the governor Uh, and from the delegation, um, some hand-wringing that they wish the president had waited, that there had been a legislative solution. That really rings hollow. Um, They were never saying that over the past four years. After President Trump unlawfully dismantled the monuments, they weren't clamoring for a legislative solution. They were very happy uh, with that unlawful status quo. 
And if they were serious about it, they would have acted then. Of course, it's always Congress's prerogative to act and protect these places, and we'd be very interested in having that conversation if they're serious about it. Next, it's an economic issue. Two-thirds of Utah is already considered public land, meaning the state is limited in where it can collect property taxes. The area Bears Ears was already federally owned, but some worry this designation will come with environmental regulations that will impact grazing, timber, and mining. For example, nearby Blanding has the country's only uranium mine and employs about 150 people. One study found the areas around Grand Staircase saw a 38% jump in job growth in the years after it became a monument, as more tourists came to the area. But those hospitality jobs are usually lower paying and only available part of the year, in contrast to industry jobs. But that leads us to the final issue. Protecting the land and its cultural significance. As an indigenous person, the land and the, whatever is on it, the plant, the animals, that's more precious than anything else. Mary Benali is a board member of Dina Bakaya, a group that works to protect and preserve bear's ears and other cultural uses of public lands by tribes. This piece of land, the Bear's Ears National Monument, is 1.3 some odd numbers now. It's a small piece of land, and we don't want any development. We don't want any mining. We don't want any, any kind of construction. There's other lands that already happened then, and they can just do it over there. But this land is a sacred place for us. We want to keep this land in its pristine stage, as it has always been. The indigenous people migrated through here, all the Colorado um, Basin tribes, the Hopis, the Zunis, the Utes, the Navajos, and others. And our history is here. Our history is here. We still have the structures. We still have the petroglyphs. And um, you see some of the Navajo uh, resident, residential structures still in place. And that's our history. And we want to keep this land as it is. We don't want any change. Some worry that more tourists will actually cause harm to the more than 100,000 archaeological sites in the area, with not enough staff to monitor the area and new interest. But again, Stephen Block of the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance feels this is the best way to protect the land. I think we've seen in both monuments, especially in Bears Ears, um, a real uptick in visitation. And it's going to be essential, and we're Uh, Thankful that the administration said it's going to prioritize working with tribes, state, local leaders to make sure that when people visit this area, they're respectful, that there's stewardship for the sites. So there's context and understanding about what they're seeing and what you're not allowed to do. I mean, these sites, the sacred sites in Bearsier's National Monument, for example, thousands of years old, and that damage is real. Um, and so we're grateful that the, that the administration is prioritizing um, the conservation and stewardship of those places. For the people that were there first, this designation means protecting areas of the land that are sacred to them. With this designation, two federal agencies and five Native American tribes who have historical claims to the land will manage it. Kenneth Maryboy is a former Navajo Nation Council delegate and former San Juan County Commissioner. 
You know, a lot of people from the outside are looking at the areas for mining and oil and all different things. Those may be good, but if we take Mother Earth away, we don't get a second chance. Nobody's going to say, oh, you guys screwed up this, this whole Earth, and so therefore we'll give you another one. Don't worry about it. There's no way that's going to happen. We have to live together to preserve and to try to save what we have to continue for the generation to come. According to the Bears Ears Coalition, it's not just about protecting the history of the land, but also the future. The coalition says the Navajo and Ute people often go to this area to collect food, herbs and medicines, wood for heating and other ceremonial purposes. Those practices keep them connected physically and spiritually to their ancestors. They believe they are the best stewards of the land, using traditional practices to sustain it for future use. The battle of economic interests, protecting culturally significant land and environmental issues is, of course, not unique to Utah. We're seeing this play out with the Keystone Pipeline, which will run through sacred Native American land and created a lot of environmental concerns. This is an issue that isn't likely to go away soon. Thanks for joining us here on KSL Plus. I'm Matt Rascone, and we'll see you again next week.